Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. that I have, and all of them are relational roles, aren't they? And they come loaded with responsibility as well as rewards. You put stuff in and you get stuff out of all of those relationships. So knowing who you are, knowing who we are, actually has an effect on us, because we have to behave in a certain way to live up to those titles, but also has an effect on those around us. So let's you know, I have kids, therefore I have the title of being a father. But if I don't consider that, if I say, no, I reject that title, then that will have an effect on me and on people around me. Won't there be a problem with that? So knowing who you are is important. So we're working our way through 1 John. And today he is reminding us of the fundamental importance of our identity, of knowing who we are. And actually, it's a bit of a building block for our Faith. I think it's a little bit of a building block for our personalities and our character as well. But our faith, I think it's very important stuff. He wants us to understand that we are children of God. Okay? We are children of God. Uh, and he's going to explain how we know that and how that affects us. So we're going to read 1 John 3, 1 to 10. It will appear up there, which Graham beautifully is doing for us. Um, but if you have your Bible with you, and I do encourage you to bring your Bibles, whether on your phone or paper version. Personally, phone version is bad for me because I read a bit of Bible, then I'll check BBC Sport. That's not good for me. So I'd say go with paper version if you can. Anyway, uh, 1 John 3, 1 to 10. And I'll read it for you. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. He purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Okay, there's a lot going on in that passage. Let's say that that passage on its own could be a ten-week sermon series, but luckily for you, it's not. We're going to do it in a day. So, it's all about who we are our identity, and how that has a deep effect on any number of things. It has a deep effect on our relationship with God, 
about how we think about ourselves has a deep effect on how we behave, actually, how we treat other people, how we treat ourselves, even about our place in the world. And John describes us as children of God. And understanding yourself as, a, as God's child with him as your father, you as the child, getting that into your way of thinking, into your mindset, actually is a complete game changer for us. So let's remember, John is writing to uh, probably a number of different churches, so people who are believers, who follow Jesus, uh, we would call them Christians, um, and this would have been people with normal lives, like me and you. Some of them would have jobs, some of them uh, would have family, friends, some would be rich, some would be poor, some would be very healthy, some would be sick. Some of them will be brand new Christians who are learning. Some of them would be old hands who've been uh, Christians for a long time. Some would be radical and passionate in their faith. Others may be reluctant in their faith. He is writing to just normal people like us. And he wants to strip all that back <coughs> to get to a fundamental. And that is God is our Father. We are his children. Which is a key to faith. A key to faith that thrives in good times and in difficult times. It's also the key to understanding that faith is a relationship. So how do we know that? How do we know we are God's children? Pass me that water. Excuse me. So firstly, he wants us to understand we are God's children because we are brought into the family. Okay? So verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. So we are brought in to God's family. And he's saying like that that's an incredible thing. You need to understand this. Those of you reading this uh, letter, those of you listening to it thousands of later, God loves you so much, he brings you in to the family. It's an incredible love that brings us in. So, when you have a baby, you don't know anything about that baby. You don't know anything about their personality. You don't know anything about their future behaviour. So, when I was born, sometime in the late 1970s, uh, to Derek and Grace Simmons, that's my mum and dad, uh, I, and I was the eldest. I was their firstborn and greatest child, I should say. <laughs> I'm one of three, and it went downhill rapidly. Uh, so I was there first, but they didn't know anything about me. At that moment, you're just cute, cuddly, noisy, smelly, all of those things. They didn't know anything about me. They didn't know at 18, I would start a punk band in the middle of my A-levels and fail my A-levels. They didn't know that that would happen. They didn't know that one day I would come home drunk having thrown up in a stranger's car. They didn't know that that would happen. They didn't know the job I would choose in the future. They didn't know how I would do at school. They didn't know how annoying I would be as a three-year-old. They didn't know any of those things. You don't get to choose what your child is like, do you? Equally, you don't get to choose who your parents are either. But John wants us to get, he says, look, God knows you. He knows all of your strangeness, all of your wrongdoing, all of the good stuff that you do. He knows the darkest moments of your personality and your behaviour, and yet he calls you and chooses you into his family. He invites us in. 
And John says that is an example of God's love. He loves you that much. Perfect God will invite imperfect you into his family. Now, identity, how we view ourselves, how we understand who we are, actually is a huge issue today. It's uh, uh, debated a lot in wider society, <coughs> how we understand ourselves as individuals, even who we get to say that we are. I am this, and we can decide where that comes from. So we can choose who we are based perhaps on how we feel, or, or maybe something that we agree with. Uh, and we can say, I feel this about myself, therefore I am that. Which is all well and good, but actually it's very insecure, isn't it? Because what you think and feel about yourself can change uh, very easily. Uh, actually, identity begins with what God says about you. And that ne doesn't change, has never changed. And he says, you are my child. So that is where your identity begins. Actually, John wrote more about this in his gospel. Uh, he said, look, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And very simply, God wants you in his family. He adopts you. He brings you in to his family. And all we have to do is believe. Believe in Jesus. And he doesn't mean just believe that Jesus existed as a historical figure, which is actually pretty hard to argue against that he did exist. But actually to say, no, I believe what he says. I believe who he is. I believe what he's done. And I will follow him. I will live for him. And in that moment, we become his children. We become part of his family. So think about this for a moment. Just consider this. Uh, what is the first thing that you say about yourself? Somebody says, mm, you know, if you're thinking, who am I? What is the first thing you say? Well, I, you know, I might say, I'm a pastor. That might be the first thing I say about myself. You might say, well, I'm unemployed. First thing I say about myself. Or you might say, I'm good at my job. I'm successful. You might say, I am a failure. You might say, I am rich. Or you might say, I'm poor. You might say, I'm, I'm a mess, if I'm honest, that's what I am. Or you might say, actually, you know what, I'm pretty awesome, I'm doing great. You might say, I'm rejected. You might say, I am accepted. You might say, all of those things are the first thing you say about yourself. But, do you start with, I'm a child of God? Are you in the family of God? Have you received Jesus? Have you believed him? And something happens to us in that moment when we are brought in to the family. So children are brought into the family of God. But when we are in the family, we begin to copy the family culture. Okay. All families have a culture. And you see this at dinner time. So my family as a kid when we were growing up, dinner was built around joking about each other, being rude to each other, being sarcastic. Uh, annoying my brother, all of these sorts of things that our family's built around. Lots of jokes, lots of uh, humour, kind of pushing humour. Uh, the first time I had dinner with Vicky's family, they started by singing a song to pray. <laughs> I honestly thought I joined a cult. So I was like, what on earth is going on? They had harmonies. People knew when to drop out, when to raise their voice. And Vic's brother was, he wasn't singing, he was just looking at me. How are you going to react to this? And uh, I just put my head down and pretended I was praying. And just really, for it to end more than anything else. So families have a culture, don't they? A way of behaving. And whether you like it or not, you take that family culture on. 
And when God brings you into his family, actually we begin to take on the family's likeness, the family's behaviour. Verse 6 of this passage, John says, look, no one who abides in him keeps sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And he's, he's kind of talking about family culture here. He's not saying, look, when you become a follower of Jesus, what happens is instant perfection. Right? He's not saying that because we all know each other here. We know that we are Christian and not perfect. It cannot be true. Okay? He's not talking about instant perfection. He's saying, look, actually, when we abide in him, in God the Father, as we live out the relationship that we have him as our father, us as his children, as we abide, we begin to copy the family culture, the family way of living. We walk away from sin. We perhaps actually become aware of sin that we weren't previously aware of, and we actively choose to walk away, to not live in that sin. Now, let me explain that for a moment. Uh, Sin is one of those words that Christians sometimes throw around without explaining, so let's think about that for a second. Really, by sin, he means rebellion against God. That's what he means. He means choosing not to live out the values and cultures of God's family. That's what we mean by sin. So when we start to live out a culture set by our heavenly father, not by our earthly family or our earthly culture, actually that's what it means to become a part of the family. And sin is to go against the culture of God's kingdom, his way of doing things, and to live out instead the culture of the world, of our way of doing things. So when John says, no one who abides in him keeps sinning, he means the followers of Jesus are going to start to live for God, not for themselves, not for anything else. It's not a statement about instant perfection, but actually a journey towards God, a journey of taking on the family culture, the family way of doing things. And let's consider this just for a moment, just to think, okay? Remember, we thought about what was the first thing we say about ourselves? Well, let's also think, well, what defines the way that I behave? Is it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of earth? Actually, is it about the things we say about ourselves? Is it... What defines how we behave? By us saying, I'm a child of God, or by saying, I'm a failure. Okay, those two things that we'd say about ourselves would create very different ways of behaving, wouldn't they? So a friend of mine was telling me very recently, actually, I saw him this week. He was saying, actually, when I was at school, I had a really difficult time. He was about the same age as me, in his early 30s. Um, (laughs) But he was saying, I had a really difficult time at school. There was bullying, a lot of insecurity. Uh, he said he struggled academically as well. He's a very practical guy, but he just struggled with the, the academic nature of the school he was in. Uh, but he said, I just couldn't talk to my parents about it. They didn't want to know, they weren't interested, or, or they just didn't have the ability to talk about things. Where some families, actually, they can love each other, but have no ability to process emotion or teach each other how to do that. He just couldn't talk about it. And so he carried it with him, and he couldn't process all of the difficult things that happened to him in school. He didn't know how to do it, so he acted out. So he would start drinking lots, he would start causing trouble. Uh, His early 20s, he would describe uh, in not glowing terms at all, a real mess. But actually, he became a Christian. Jesus turns his life around, and he says, actually, I started following the example of my heavenly father, of my heavenly family, 
not my earthly family. Big change for him. So what defines the things that you do? How you behave, how you treat those around you, how you think about yourself, how you think about others. Is it the kingdom of God's or the kingdom of earth? So we've seen that children are brought into the family. We copy the family culture. But we're also part of a family where the father fights for his children. So we finished with this, and it's the absolute wonder and paradox and confusion of the work of God in that he brings us into the family, he helps us copy the culture, but we don't do any of that by our own efforts. He says in verse 5, he says, You know that he appeared in order to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. So Jesus takes away the sin. And then verse 8 says, The reason, the very reason the Son of God, Jesus, appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Grace and mercy of God. In that, he invites you in. He makes it easy for you to be there. And it's easy, actually, as Christians, to think that we have the answers, isn't it? To, to actually think, oh, well, if I behave in this sort of way, then it will make me a better person. It will make me more lovable to God. He's going to think more of me if I behave in these ways. Now, and actually, I'm as guilty of this as the next person. I'll say, if we can plant more churches, God perhaps will like me more, or, or whatever that will be. Now, actually, thinking even if we can do these things, we can beat the devil. We can advance the kingdom. Now, actually, that's not how this family works. When Jesus went to the cross, this was a big act of family. Okay? This is a, a family activity. And he was, in that moment, building how his family was going to work. So his death, his resurrection, it destroys sin. It was a very active thing. It defeats the work of the devil. It defeats the active rebellion against God. So all of that is done, so we don't have to do that. Also, his death and resurrection means you get to become the child. It's the way in to the family. If God is sinless, if God is perfect, how can he have sinful, imperfect people come in? Well, he says, well, Jesus resolved that issue. Jesus makes you sinless and perfect because he takes the punishment for you. So we are going to finish with this. So you see, if you believe in Jesus, if you receive him, you become a child of God. That's it. That's all there is to it. You don't have to go through a checklist of things. It's not like coronavirus uh, things that you have to do. I have to do all of these things before I'm clean and I'm allowed around other people. Actually, he says, no, if you believe in me, if you receive me, then you're part of the family. Everything in that moment that you say about yourself changes. Everything anyone else has said about you becomes irrelevant. Actually, because God says, well, actually, you're my child. So the other things people have said, they don't hold water anymore. They're not relevant. 